Welcome back to the Pre-Game Effect Podcast. My name is Matt. I am here with the full crew today. We've got Dom, Luke, and Ian. How's it going, fellas? I'm alive. What's up? What's up? That's good. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> um, how have you guys been? Good. Uh, other than work being a pain in the ass, not bad. That's good. Dom? It was nice to visit you the other day, though. Yeah, it was good to see you. I So, straight up. Again, side note, starting off in the first minute. I went there, had some had some za. It was delicious. Uh, like the other breadsticks, meatballs were great. I was full when I left. You gave me those wings. I came home. I didn't smell them until I got home and opened them up because I was like, "Oh, he was talking about the sauce. Let me try it." I opened <laughs> it up and ate the entire thing. <laughs> I was just I couldn't stop. It was dumb. I, that sauce was so good. So and that's that's impressive because eat. you ate an order of meatballs, four breadsticks, yeah. and a pizza, and then I gave you a pound of wings. Yeah, you gotta understand that was the first time I had eaten all day. <laughs> what what was the sauce? Uh, so it's like a mix between sweet and sour and mango habanero. So it's like it was, a little bit of sweet, oh. little heat, but it's just the way that they blend together. I can't wait to sell this this month i thought it was gonna be too hot and that's why i was like well let me taste it to see because if it's too hot i'm just gonna give it to like my stepdad yeah he can have it because he likes hotter stuff but i was like no this it had just enough heat i didn't i didn't mess with the peppers that you put on top i didn't mess Mm -hmm. with that stuff i've learned my lesson once or twice off of those but (laughs) that was um that was stupid good i have a good story about that my we my family i don't know probably 12 years ago, we went to this like buffet thing down in Florida and my dad went up and got some okra, which he thought was okra and put on his little plate. However, it was chopped up, not okra and it was jalapenos Mm. and he was dying because he was like, oh, eats it and was like, okay, need like four glasses (laughs) of milk. It was pretty funny. So I, I can respect Dom in the, I'm not touching the things on top. I get that. Yeah, it was, long, it was so good, though. I was, how long until we just yeah. rename this thing to the pregame meal? <laughs> I, like, I like that idea. That'd be pretty good. Um, that That's actually kind of that funny. Could be our uh, but no, talking about that sauce, back to the sauce thing, because I'm <laughs> stuck on this. Because um, I like hot food. So the the sound of it, it sounds like the sweet and sour kind of gives it like a little bit of like a tang, mm-hmm. I would imagine. And then, because mangoes are just sweet. they're They're not like... They don't have any kind of thing. They're not like citrus no, yeah. or anything like that. So it's just like sweet and then spice, right? So like, it could, yeah. sounds good. I oh, mean, like try it. we we made something similar to this back before pandemic started. We were going to do it for the wing madness thing that we were going to do during the NCAA tournament, and then obviously that didn't happen. So we've been like going back and grabbing specials that we had worked on back then. And oh my God, I missed half of these. So Ian, you gave me an idea for the, our, our next podcast. Mm. Once all the COVID stuff is over and we can go back to doing things, the pregame meal where we review the meals we have at the GPs and star cities and things like that, that we go to. <laughs> I'm in. As long as we don't go to a Mexican place, because Luke won't be there. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. That'll be the one that he misses. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. No, we got it. We got a road trip and record at the restaurant. We're going to Chewy's. Listen, I'm down. 
I, you know what, I'm, I'm down for that because I am in the process of trying to get unload some of the recording equipment that we bought originally and pick up new recording equipment. And so, yeah, that would be dope because it's a lot smaller and portable. So it would be easier. Super portable, like literally the size of like you put three deck boxes together, and that's the size of the device. I don't need a big mixer or anything because it's I all. I love there. magic players. That's how we size things by either deck box or booster box. Well, that's, we're play nuts. So part of the reason, part of the reason I did that was because also for the people listening, like I could hold my hands up and show you how, you know, what the size of the thing was, but that doesn't matter to the people that are yeah. listening. Plus, you got so tiny hands. I figured if they're, yeah, you definitely can. Well, three deck boxes, I might be able to do. That's about the extent of it, though. <laughs> So, you know, um, but anybody, any big news for anybody at all that has been since the last time we've recorded at all? I mean, kind of, I might, might be buying a house. So that's all always, right. we just got to finalize everything, but then hopefully within the next month, I'll be out of here. So nice. Awesome, man. Well, stuff, man. Congrats and good luck on that. Thank hopefully you very much. that all pans out. That'll be sweet. Um, that'll give us another place to go hang out. I like yeah. that too. You actually have good enough internet um, to stream. It'll be great. Hey, how about that? That'll be great. Good for you. Um, no, that'll be awesome. Uh, well, I I look forward to that as well, and I'm sure you are. Um, you have no idea. You you and the lady friend will uh, enjoy being kind of on your own then. <laughs> so that's good. Good. Um, have you guys been playing any magic at all lately? So I decided after uh, last podcast to try out Historic, and I'm having fun with Burn. Burn's a lot of fun. It's real fun when your opponent's (laughs) sitting there at like 13, 14, bunch of blockers up. They're like, no, I'm cool. And you have like two Thermal Alchemists, and you just kill them. All of a sudden, there's no opponent anymore. (laughs) Now, Burn is – Burn's good. Like – I've been I've been playing it, but I've been running goblins, and I'll run into a burn deck every once in a while. I'm like, man, this is gonna be close. And there's other times where I just get blown away, and it's I and I'm against, I'm like totally fine with it. <laughs> I was playing against Simic Ramp earlier today, and uh, in the post sideboard game, I bring in Tybalt, and after I cast Tybalt, he cast Uro four times. Yes. That felt good. Three mana, twelve life. That seems like a decent rate. <laughs> that felt pretty good. Yeah, that thing's sweet. I are you running it with a uh, Gigantha as your companion? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not like I guess I get it, but like I'm also fine with not running that. I'm, I'm looking at a list right now, and I think I think I have everything, if not very close to it. So um, when I was looking at the list, comparing the list, and I actually did build both and have tried both. I mm-hmm. prefer the one with Giganta. The big difference is playing Giganta means you can't have Chain Whirler and you can't have uh, Wily Goblin. Mm-hmm. If I remember right, that's the only things you're missing. And so Wily Goblin is whatever. Chain Whirler is nice, but it's not great. Yeah, no, I've been um I've been playing like the it's a mono red version, but it's not like just the burn, like the thermal alchemist version. It's more like the mono red that you played in standard, right? So like it's big like, red. Yeah. Uh no, like like not even big red. Like it's all like um the 
Like you got shocks, you got grim lava mancers, you play the uh, firebrand, you play the get you lava runner. Like you're on the light up the stage, skewer the critics, um, via Chanel pyromancer. It's a little red. Yeah, like very little red. And you sideboard, and your top end is a couple Hazret and a couple Torbrand. And then your sideboard, you can bring in, um, you can bring in Experimental Frenzy and Chandra as your high end then, if you just need more like card draw and just to run through your deck a little bit. But that one, I've, that it's either that I've been playing that or I've been playing Grixis Control, one of the two. Those are the only decks that I've been playing in her historic, and it's been fun. It's been it's been cool. Well, I was surprised when this deck didn't have Frenzy, but like turn three or four, you're killing them, mm-hmm. so you don't need it. Frenzy too slow. Yeah. It's I mean it's definitely solid. I, I think, um, yeah. I mean it's another a deck that I, I want to build here. Um, I I would need the Soul Scar Mages. And lava mancers. So there's what six rare wild cards. Yeah, and um, in the grand scheme of things on arena, that's absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to do that. Um, see what's happening though. But that's that's cool, man. I'm glad the you. Soul Scar uh, Mage is, is great because oh yeah, it's nice when you're on the play and you go like turn one Soul Scar Mage, turn two like Wizards Lightning you. Skewer the critics, you swing three. Okay, you're at 11. Go ahead and start your turn two. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that it's works. It's like out. modern at that point. Yeah. It's, no, it's essentially it's, is. Because the fact of the matter is, like, you don't have all the fetch lands that you have in modern, but a lot of times if they're trying to do anything on turn two, they're going to have to shock something in on turn one or two. Yeah. So then at that point, then it's like, Okay, so they're at eleven or nine or seven. One of the, one of those, and none of them seem good when the rest of the things in your hand are say deal. You know, any target X damage. It doesn't seem to work out. It's 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 always the uh, the the turn one fetch shock thoughts sees you to see lightning bolt, and you're like, I had Ugh. I had that happen earlier. Well, obviously it wasn't a fetch, but it was like watery grave untapped, thought sees concede. Because my yeah. hand was just straight gas too. Like it was like that's fine. You can take any one of these. You're still dead on like turn three. Yeah, because the the four damage that you just took from your thoughtsies is more than the card you're taking was going to do. Thank you very much, opponent. No, that yeah. make, that makes sense. Um, well, that's good. I'm glad, Luke, that you've gotten into historic. I think it's been fun for me because uh, it's a little bit more uh, thought provoking to build a deck because it's you got a little bit more cards. And you can kind of, sh- rather than just going, okay, well, here's the best 75, you can you can play with it a little bit if you want to, because there's more cards to choose from in the in the mm-hmm. format. Um, not a ton more, but enough that you get a little bit more agency over what cards you want to put into your deck. Uh, does it make it better or worse? I it doesn't. I don't know one way or the other. But the fact is, you do get a little bit of choice based upon your own play style, because I think that's a big factor. Yeah. Um, Dom, have you been playing anything at all? Uh, just <clears throat> historic albums. Um, and honestly, it's not like I'm playing all the damn time. But we got a few of us got together Friday over at Buddy's house, and I brought my cards. Didn't even open my bag. Just kind of BS'd around. 
Um, and then eventually, after a pretty much group effort fantasy football draft, I hopped on Arena and wanted to show people how fun it is to spin the wheel. And I probably played Goblins for like two hours. Um, you I, bathroom break, I got to spin the wheel and it was fun. Yeah, pretty much. I think it. I think our record was because we got through all all my fifteen wins for the week. Um, I honestly think we were like sixteen or seventeen and like three or four. This is. I know I went three and one when I was sitting there. Yeah, this it's the deck's dumb. It's it's stupid. Like we're talking about things like oh, this feels like modern. Straight up, turn three. Here's a Muxus. Spin the wheel. Yeah. And then it attacks for 18. Yeah, it's dumb. Like, right before we started recording, I I attacked on turn four for, I think, like, 45. Yeah. They played a uh, Doom Foretold, and I killed them. So... One of you was playing a broken format. The other one made a bad Um, deck choice. No, their Doom was foretold, in fact. That was... was... (laughs) Not wrong. (laughs) I'm... Absolutely loving this deck. Uh, starting to get a little bit more wild cards and whatnot. So now I have now I have my full playset of uh, Snoops, and I'm messing around with different iterations. As in, um, I don't have ringleaders in there yet. I have them crafted. I just don't know if I want to cut the. Um, uh, what is it? The instigators. Um, and I also really like Jim Palm Incinerator. And I know people were talking about cutting those. And I was also seeing some like historic discussion about goblins, which was kind of nice. Um, it, was, uh, it was real interesting. They were talking about running um, instead of Phyrexian Tower, which you can use to ramp a little bit. It was um, Blesso. They were talking about that for at least post-game to stop the... Uh, oh, my God. Uh, Graftigger's Cage and whatnot. Like, stopping those. Uh, so, that was... It was interesting to see that discussion and follow along because I haven't seen, you know, discussion like that pretty much at all. You know, just oh, historic, and no one really, I didn't, no one really talked about it, and said like, this needs to get banned, this needs to get banned. So it was cool to follow along with that, and um, I know it shows like, you know, if you go on uh, Goldfish or something, Goblins is like the ninth deck, but I'm having a blast with it. Uh, I'm on Platinum now, first time ever. Oh yeah, um, nice. Platinum four, but hey, this is funny. I, I'm just I'm having a good time with it, and uh, that's. I think that's what it's all about. Like I'm enjoying the game again. And again, we've talked about it. It comes down to it. If I'm like just not in a position to do well, I just concede and move on to the next thing. <laughs> we keep <laughs> we keep the good times rolling. So uh can't complain. So that, that's what I've been doing, magic wise. <laughs> no, that's sweet. Absolutely cool. Uh yeah, I've been the only thing I've been doing is every now and then I'll get on and do the, the Mana Traders series, which has been cool. Uh, last month was Legacy. This month coming up is Modern, which will be kind of fun. I think it starts on Monday, I want to say. Um, 
so that's that's kind of a, a sweet thing to do um just because it's a free tournament if you have a mana traders account you just enter and you, you rent your cards and you play the deck you want to play uh, if you don't have a mana traders account you can still enter the event anyways um uh so it's, it's just kind of cool because it's free and you can still win stuff um so nothing wrong with a free event where you actually can win something uh but yeah that's what i've been doing um I was playing the the deck that I had the most success. The two there were two decks that I had the most success with for that, and that was um, I was playing Tess uh, for a little bit um, where I did okay, and then the uh, the other deck was Blackbird Reanimator with which I was playing with Dom uh, one time, and that that was the first time I ever played the deck, and it was just kind of fun. Like I was having a good time. I was like, oh, yeah. this kind of sweet. That <laughs> it was, does it was dumb good. things. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. I mean, it's it's still kind of uh, combo esque, which I I do enjoy. Um, I like storm and I like those kind of things. Um, just funny because I also kind of like the the very fair decks as well, like the Grixis control and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so but I was having I was having fun doing that. Um, but like you guys, Luke and Dom, you mentioned uh, I've been playing a little bit of historic as well. Um, I don't. I only have those two main decks that I play. I I have like a mono white, like Bogles type style deck, uh, like artifacts and tempered steel and all of that. Um, but I don't play that very much unless I need like a bunch of white spells to get cast. Like if I need white or green spells cast, I just play that because I don't have anything that plays green um, that's put together at all. So I just do that. But uh, yeah. Historic's been fun. I agree with you guys. Uh, it's been kind of, it's actually, it's funny because playing the mono red list is a lot of fun for me. And I don't, I I think I've played burn once in paper and then sold the deck. Um, so it's kind of funny. You that hated I'm, that. I remember. It was I, hilarious, like looking at your facial expressions during that time. <laughs> it was horrendous. You're I absolutely like, hated it. You're right. Funny. No, you're 100% correct. Um, you just look at Matt and he's like, so this is what hell's like. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. Good didn't to know. you get didn't you get burned when we were doing a deck roulette one night? I might have. That's possible. You said like this is the most miserable I have been in a long time <laughs> playing magic. Yeah, it's very possible. It was very, very possible. Um, but yeah, so like it's so it's kind of ironic that I'm enjoying playing mono red in uh historic whereas You finally I opened your eyes, damn it. Something like that. I don't know. I think a lot of that, a lot of that might just be because of the way that that mono red deck is different from like modern burn. Because like modern burn has a lot more. These are the cards I have. Throw them at your face. Did you die? No. Well, crap. Um, it's just a lot more sequencing in modern burn. But the mono red aggro decks definitely have more play to them, like more combat math and everything. Because it reminds me. It reminds me of when me and you played that like sixteen mountain mono red deck in con standard. And this the decks now seem very much similar to that. And that, that was a blast because and the reason I like it is you have the 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 things like light of the stage where like, okay, so how do I want to sequence this? I want like I only have three mana, but I need to get I want to attack with my guy and get him in, but they're gonna block with their you know, two, two. So I'm going to lightning strike their face, 
then skewer the critics their creature. Now my guy had now there's two spells in the yard for my guy to now attack for two. All right, cool. Like that that kind of stuff where like like you're saying like they're sequencing but there's play to it. So it's kind of like it's a little interest. It's interesting, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, it's been fun. And I, then I, I mean, Grixis Control. I'll play that in any format that has blue, black, and red. So that's that's fine. I'll I'll give it a shot at least. Whether You'll even try it in some that don't. Yeah, heck yeah, you better believe it. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, but it's been fun. Uh, Ian, how about you? Anything lately? Um, haven't been playing a ton of Magic Online, and I definitely have not been playing Historic because. I am at that point where if I'm going to do anything with Arena, it would need to start with insert $200 and then continue. And I'm definitely not planning on doing that anytime soon. Um, but been playing a couple weird random decks on Magic Online. Haven't really played anything normal. Uh, there was a green-white vile lands deck that I showed Dom that I wanted to play. I probably will do that tonight or tomorrow. Where you literally are able to tick an Aether Vial up to six and put in a Primeval Titan. And that just seems like a blast to me. Hey, ticking things up to six, it works. Yeah. Muxus is real good to bring in on that too. Yeah. Turns out there's a lot of things. When you tap a vial on six, your opponent's like, oh, I'm dead. And before we even see what it is. You do it on four or five, and they're like, uh... Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's actually, I, because I, I, I've experienced this, it's not when your opponent taps the vial on six, it's when they tick it to six. Mm-hmm. Then you go, oh, he's only doing that because he has the six drop in his hand. Mm-hmm. I'm the dead. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the anticipatory like, oh, hopefully I get it. No, it's like, oh, he knows to take it to six because it's it's sitting there already. Oh, he's holding it. Okay. Oh, he's gonna end step the prime time. That's nice. (laughs) He's had that one card in (laughs) hand for three turns. Gee, I now he picked it up to six. Pile to six. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Um, But other than that, I've actually been completely against what I usually do in Magic. I have been looking at commander decks. Uh, there's the group of people that I play League of Legends with. A couple of them have wanted to start playing some Commander, and we're going to be using Tabletop Simulator for it because you can literally import any deck you want. You don't have to worry about proxying. You don't have to worry about owning the cards. And we're starting off with just normal Commander ban list, no budget, go nuts, we'll see what happens. And the very first thing I wanted to do is I built a Golos deck because that card has always been fun to play with. But I'm basically playing Maze's End and Ultimatum Tribal. Like, I have eight of the ten seven-mana Ultimatums. I love it. Because casting them for free just seems fun. Why not all ten? There's the Naya one gives your creatures plus five, plus five. And I only have, I have my deck list up. I have nine creatures in the deck, so I don't really care about that. And then there's one, I think it's... Is it the Jeskai one? No, not the Jeskai one. It's one of the green-white X ones um, where you search your deck for copies of what you have in play, which doesn't work that well when you don't have any more. 
What do you mean? I don't understand. (laughs) Well, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna flip a seven mana spell, I want it to resolve and actually do something other than just go to the graveyard. Go get a couple basics. I I'm only running one of each basic too, so I can't even do that. (laughs) I'm running the the true singleton mana base. Yeah, it seems seems like a a poor choice to put that in the deck then. Reasonable. Um, other than that, like I'm playing a couple Nicobuluses because I love that Planeswalker, and then it's just good value stuff, some ramp, and I'm just gonna slam Golos and see what happens. Is Field of the Dead banned in Commander? Nope. Ooh. Neither is Mishra's Workshop, and that's really fun to tap to put your Commander into play on turn, potentially turn one. You can go turn one, <laughs> Mishra's Workshop, Mana Vault, Golos, and just start going off. So really, there's going to be some banned cards in your group after you play like once, maybe twice. Probably. Okay, that makes sense. Um, we have a couple like unwritten rules. Like we're not going to be doing like mass land destruction just because it's not the kind of games we want to play. Um, but we're not explicitly banning those cards. That's why you need you need to play the one card that we're going to bring up that I'm going to bring up later. It's a big six drop that's out of this new Zendikar set, and play that with Armageddon. I mean, I do like me an Armageddon. I don't know why. <laughs> because then it just kills everything. It's all the creatures and all the lands and everything's dead. <laughs> I mean, what better way to segue, right? I should start re- talking about that now. Seems reasonable. So uh, one of the things that's going to be coming up and coming out soon is uh, Zendikar. Uh, is Zendikar re... What is it? Rising. Rising, Zendikar Rising. I couldn't remember nice, the R was. Nice. I couldn't remember Zendikar. We do our research here at the pregame. Re- rising, rising, Zendikar Rising, uh, Zendikar again, three. Return to return to Zendikar. Yes. Um, no so- Dan Eldrazi Zendikar. Thank Christ. Yes. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> you never know. Um, and so that's going to be coming out, uh, I believe within the month. I don't know the exact date. Uh, you guys may have that. I do not have that. I just don't have it up right now. Um, but there's a lot of cool cards they've spoiled so far. Um, a lot of really interesting cards. And we were just going to kind of tonight go over some of the stuff that we've seen. with Just some first impressions of some stuff. And then just kind of have some discussion on it. Uh, we likely will not talk about every card. Because there's some cards that are just kind of your average run-of-the-mill cards. Nothing, nothing you know, outlandish about them. But there's some that have been kind of interesting, and we've had a little bit of discussion in our group chat already about some of the stuff, and so we'll probably bring that up. Um, yeah. Um, just real quick, the set drops on September 25th, so we got about three and a half weeks. And if we don't mention a card that some listeners are going to be like, oh my god, they're not talking about this busted card, uh, we're currently recording this at 9 o'clock Eastern on happy Yargle day, nine, three. Um, so if it has not come out on mythic spoiler or anywhere yet, we don't know about it. So don't at me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Appreciate all two that. of you listening. Yeah. All two of you, two and one and a half, give or take. Um, so I just wanted to start with one card that I saw. There was a lot of talk about it that I've seen. I've seen talk about it on Reddit. I've seen talk about it on the ask a judge uh facebook group all kinds of stuff um and it is a shia soul of the wild it is three green green for a legendary creature elemental 
Power and Toughness is Star Star. Ashaya, Soul of the Wilds, Power and Toughness are each equal to the number of lands you control. Non-token creatures you control are forest lands in addition to their other types. Um, so this card's really interesting to me. Uh, just because one card that I played a lot of when it was in Standard uh, would have an effect with this. Because if all your creatures, say you have a bunch of just grizzly bears out, right? That's fine. They also become forests. So they're now land creatures, just like a creeping tarpet or a celestial colonnade would be. Um, and that means that you have more lands in play, which is pertinent with the creature that I'm about to mention, which is Sylvan Advocate. Um, so it would then pump all of your creatures plus two plus two, um, so long as you have the all the conditions met and everything. Um, and I just feel like that could make for a really large attack out of nowhere. Um, and it just, <laughs> to me, it just seems really interesting. I've seen some other stuff where it talks about like um, the, the, some of the enchantments, I think it'd be more like EDH based, but like where it makes all lands into one, one creatures. Um, and then now you make all those creatures into land creatures and now they get plus two plus two also. Um, it, it, so it just could do some really stupid stuff, but I feel like this could be because it's also legendary. I feel like it could be really interesting in terms of the, uh, the, the casual or competitive EDH kind of market. Um, just, a, just as something that could do some stupid stuff. I have a question. I think I already know the answer, but I want to make sure you have that out and then a player cast one of the sweepers that is destroy all non-land permanents, all your dudes live. Yes. That just seems dumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you cast. You that's, can just cast. You cast it. That's like, <laughs> it's very good. Yeah, Wrath of God, you. Right, right. The one side of Wrath is really, really good. <laughs> yeah, with my huge team of everything. <laughs> a bunch of guys and my 28-28. Right. I th yeah. I just think there's so many really interesting things that could go on with this card. Uh, and I saw it, and it, which is really funny for me to think this, because I literally just mentioned about five minutes ago that on Arena, I don't have any green decks. And so green is not the color that I play most of any color in this game. But I saw this and I was just like, huh, this seems rather interesting to me. Um, but yeah, that, so that, I just figured I'd start off with that since I kind of alluded to it. Um, anybody else? Who else has got anything that they want to kind of pipe in about? Well, a card I'm, I'm excited about, and I think you guys all already know this, Cleansing Wildfire. Um, I think somebody in our group chat said I was going to try to cast it 20 times in a game. And my first thought was, those are rookie numbers. <laughs> we got to get those numbers up. Um, but yeah, that's just going to be fun. I, think. I mean, they, they probably play more than 20 lands, so... Yeah, right? exactly. And if they can't cast spells, then uh, it makes it tough. So Good. for those Good. of you wondering, Cleansing Wildfire is one in a red for a sorcery. Uh, destroy target land. Its controller may search their library for a basic land card, put it onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle their library. Draw a card. So there's a lot, there's a lot of this card that it does. Uh, there's a lot of different things. Those last three words that do it. As a red player, 
you very rarely get to see the words draw a card that are not immediately followed by then discard mm -hmm. a card. Or if they were dealt or damage. Or preceded by. <laughs> yeah. Or is preceded by. I was going to say, or preceded by. Discard <laughs> a card, then draw a card. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, no, I definitely think, and it was a discussion in our in our group, and I definitely think that this could be, I think in Standard, I think in Pioneer, and I also think in Modern, this is going to be very, very strong. I think that it'll be a, it could definitely be a sideboard style card in decks in Legacy, um, because you do churn through your deck a little bit more in Legacy with all the cantrips, the one mana cantrips, so you, mm -hmm. you don't off, like when you have a sideboard card in Legacy, it's very rare, unless it's a ley line of some sort, that you have four of a card um, as a sideboard card in Legacy. Often it's one or two, maybe three. Um, but it's very, very rarely that, at least that I've come across, that it's been four of anything. Um, but I definitely, I think that, you know, it, it could be quite the played card in a lot i mean think about it just to begin with it's you could play this in like a you know the the green red uh like ponza deck that's already a thing in modern um it yeah they get the, it in perfectly and it's, it's the two drop right so like mm -hmm. oh two drop do this okay three drop next one <laughs> like okay yeah. you can on turn two on the draw against tron you can interrupt tron without a mana accelerator that is yes. huge. Exactly. Yeah. Which is, and which, and th that's the big point that I think, you know, I was missing until later in the day when I came to understand that part of when it. When you read better. the card? Well, no, when I was coming to, like, you thinking about no. it in, it, no, I, I don't know how to read. So when I was thinking about matchups, right? And then thinking about play draw concept, because in our, in our group chat, just for the, that one listening um the the members of our group chat were were basically telling me that i'd probably be playing this with my snapcaster mages and i mean i'll play anything that says draw a card with snapcaster mage, especially if it has upside um yeah. and so the the concept of that is really interesting because in modern one of the hardest deck like the Grixix decks that I put together are pretty strong against a lot of decks the decks that i cannot beat are tron decks um, because the only way I have to interact with it is either allow them to play their big idiot and then make them sacrifice it because it's indestructible or it's a planeswalker or something along those lines, or I have to field of ruin them to keep them off of it. And all that does is prolong it for a little bit longer. And then hopefully I can get enough advantage to be able to counter stuff when they play it. Well, with this, this gives, like you said, Ian, I can do this on turn two which is huge. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I definitely I definitely see the potential for this one. Uh, yeah, because even, even if your plan is Field of Ruin, if they're on the play and they have turn three Tron, you're dead. You can't get the you, they, get, they get at least the one big idiot before right. and I think, they blow up their Tron. Like, if I wanted to stay, for whatever reason, if I wanted to stay away from this card and I just wanted to go more on a blue-black like realm, like a fairies deck like i've played also then i think what you could do is you could because i mean if they just have natural tron they got natural tron that's what it is you scoop them up and you move to the next game but if they're playing like the expedition map and going that route sometimes what you can do is you can play a one or two of shadow of doubt which is really helpful because then they're they're you know unable to get to the that next piece that they need 
uh, you get to draw a card. Like it's a, it's it slows them down a little bit. It's kind of like mana denial without being mana denial. Um, but then again, they can just like Thoughtseize. You can't Thoughtseize the top of their deck. They could just draw the card anyways, right? It's my favorite time to draw it. Right after the Thoughtseize. Every time. It's always the exact same card you just made me discard too. Yeah. You get Moto bugged in real life. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Dom, anything that you noticed? Uh, so I'm not blown away by anything yet. Uh, but this Nissa is pretty dope. Uh, Nissa shadowed bows, bows, whatever. <clears throat> Two black and a green. I like uh, bows. She's throwing bows. So she comes in with four loyalty. She has landfall. Uh, so you, anytime land enters, you put a loyalty counter on her. Plus one. Untap a land you control. You may have it become a 3-3 elemental creature with haste and menace until end of turn. It's still a land. Minus five. You may put a creature card with convert a mana cost less than or equal to the number of lands you control onto the battlefield from your hand or graveyard with two 1-1 counters on it. So I read this the first time. Initially was like, man, this is really cool just playing something for my hand. I completely missed the or graveyard part. I play a lot of graveyard decks. I'm all about this card. I want four already. Um, looking at the four color loam Facebook books for Facebook groups for uh, legacy, people are already talking about this being something that, you know, it can stick around and you can just keep bringing things back or just go nuts with it. And it's another grind card. Awesome. Oh yeah, it's it looks really cool, and it's another finisher too. Having your lands just become three threes, and that's that's totally fine. Uh, obviously, for having standard cards to get into Legacy, it got it has to be a little nuts. I understand. I'm saying that with the you know 2020 2019 cards that they've printed with Euro and Oko and all this crap that's being played in Legacy, but um, I, I think. It could see definitely some fringe play. Uh, I I definitely want to try it out, uh, and I'm I'm excited for that. So that that one's cool for sure. There's a few more cards, but um, I'm interested. I'm a, I'm, I'm sure we may get to those. So I'll let others kind of talk about things first, just to see. So, um, so the one card that definitely stood out the most to me in this entire set so far brings back memories of playing corsets from years ago and it's nighthawk scavenger um for those of you who did not play magic several years ago uh vampire nighthawk was a three mana it was one black black for a two three flying death touch lifelink and that card was hell of a pain in the ass to get through well they took it and tarmogoyf and somehow made them have a baby and my God, is it beautiful. So Nighthawk Scavenger, same mana cost, one black, black, three toughness. Um, but its power is one plus star. So it's not like a normal thing you'd see on a card. But it's flying, death touch, lifelink. And its power is equal to one plus the number of card types among cards in your opponent's graveyards. So in modern, a lot of times, this is a flying death touch life linking four three for three mana. Mm-hmm. I like this card. I'm gonna play this card. 
<laughs> I know I'm going to play this card in. I'm going to play this card. I feel so... like I could try it in fairies. 100%. It's a flyer. And at that touch, like, okay, cool. Like, I'm already I'm already on a plan where I kind of want to play, uh, like, a Thought Scour Fairies deck that also plays um, Gurmag Angler, just for another threat angle. So, like, okay, well, we'll just jam this guy and attack you. Go ahead. Yeah. So, you said what you want to play this in. So, I saw this card. And I initially thought of my cousin a few years ago when he was playing had this mono black deck in modern. And really, it was Phyrexian Obliterators. He wanted to play that. Um, so he built this mono black deck. It was awesome. Okay. So it, it was so pretty much, much fun playing it. It was, yeah, it was <laughs> insane. And like, it was super cool to see this deck actually work because it was, you know, he, he thought it up was messing with it, you know, tinkering it here and there. We ended up splashing white so that we can have, I think it was a little bit more removal and also um, lingering souls. I think that was pretty much how to splash white for. Um, and then just the infinite sideboard cards so you can get out of white too. Absolutely, yeah. So <clears throat> I remember Bone Picker was a big reason he played that deck because he would just, whatever you play, cool, kill it. Here's a flyer now. Like now, I have a threat, and this this can stick, and this can be something good. I Turn immediately two, three two flyer seems pretty good. Yeah, I immediately thought of that deck when this card was spoiled, and I was like, "Oh shit, let's yeah. go!" Like <laughs> I, I'm sitting here thinking, "Like this is cool," but the best part is, Obliterator's been printed again, so you can find them cheaper. When he was playing them, they were forty, fifty bucks. I remember that was the thing. It was um, so it's it's definitely down a bit more, and I'm like, oh man, that would be cool because it was I, I know um, like Fatal Push was around, Bone Picker was there. It was just all this mono black removal and just building up to this. And now you have Eliminate too. Oh yeah, there's <clears throat> there's so many more cards that have been printed since then. It's it's something I think about quite often when cards are spoiled when I see like a mono black card. And I think about that deck, and I'm like, man, maybe this will get him back in. Or if I build it, maybe he'll come and play or something, you know. If you build it, they will come. Oh, I, I, I already mentioned to him, I'm like, listen, if I get my Mox Diamonds, like, I will have four-color loam and lands. And he just said, you let me know when you're getting together, and I'll, I'll come play. <laughs> and I'm like, awesome. My man. <laughs> but I think something like that could be pretty cool. Because he, he was doing pretty well modern for it. I mean, there was some matchups here and there he wouldn't do well in, but there's some craziness going on now. All the cards that have been printed, if you're splashing here or there, it could be something to look into. I mean, hell, even with some of the removal set, the removal cards in this set alone, like mm -hmm. there's three new removal spells that I see right now that are definitely playable, if not already good. Well, and you also have enchantment removal in black now. Yeah, like that card's insane. Um, nuts. So, Absolutely nuts. Yeah, so feed the swarm. Yeah, let's talk about this yeah. one. All right, so Feed the Swarm, one in a black, sorcery. Destroy target creature or enchantment an opponent controls. You lose life equal to the CMC. So this is the first time that I can think of that black has actually had a destroy an enchantment spell. So it's the second time that it's had one spell because uh, Farika's Libation would allow them to, would they get to pick? 
because it's a sacrifice effect, like an mm-hmm. edict for enchantments. Um, but, but this is the first time it's targeted. Worn. This is the first targeted black enchantment removal. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me. So, like a now a, a mono black or a red black reanimator can beat a rest in peace. Yeah, without splashing, or yeah. even yeah. in modern. I have my basic swamp, a watery grave, and a blood crypt. Okay, my hand is full of stumber denials and snapcaster mages, and I am at uh, I'm at twelve. So this death shadow is not going to do much here. Ooh, I will feed the swarm your blood moon. I'll ping myself for three. I have my stuff on tap now, and I can play this death shadow as a four four. And then I'm holding up stubborn denial. Good luck, opponent. Yeah, one hundred percent. I am. This is the card that could get me to play Grixis Control again. Mm-hmm. Um. And as well as this, this just gets slotted into fairies deck in some number because then I'm able to remove my own bitter blossom if push comes to shove, yeah. um, without having to cast uh, like a cryptic command to bounce it. Yeah, no, th- this card is absolutely insane to me, especially the fact that they printed it at freaking common. That's outrageous. <laughs> like Popper has outrageous. got to be blowing up about this. Popper is. So, like, they were just thrown not one curveball, several curveballs. It's insane. With with double masters, too, this mm-hmm. shit's insane. Like, I think Bone Picker was also just printed as common from double masters, I believe, right? So you have all these, and um, oh, Cast Down was just brought down. There's no yeah. common legendaries. It kills everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so they're, they're you're talking about that there's man that's a tough restriction in yeah absolutely you know it's literal just terminate it's one yeah. black terminate well if you play peasant you can play with commons uncommons that's where you can start getting some legendaries but like i'm sitting here thinking about some of these downshifts and like cards like this like and your um the wildfire that's a common too yeah, that's crazy too. So you're talking about now that was burn players in the popper groups I'm on. We're talking about now we can try and fight Tron a little bit more because well, Tron's huge in popper. Yeah, I was just gonna say Tron's huge in popper, and they just banned expedition map out of popper, which was helping the Tron deck. So now not only did they ban expedition map to help the to help the other decks, they also printed this to help any deck that's a non-Tron red deck too. So that's kind of interesting as well. Yeah. So um, the the one I don't I don't know if anybody else uh, saw this one the one deck or one card that I saw that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, speaking of legendaries, Dom um, was Zareth San the Trickster. Um, it is three blue black for a legendary creature, Merfolk Rogue. Uh, it has flash uh, for two blue black. You can return an unblocked attacking rogue you control to its owner's hand. Put Zareth Sam Trickster from your hand onto the battlefield tapped and attacking. When it deals damage, when it deals combat damage to a player, you may put target permanent card from that player's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. So essentially it, it has like ninjutsu for rogue jitsu. Yeah, rogue jitsu. Yeah. Um, which is funny because in fairies with bitter blossom, bitter blossom makes fairy rogues. So yeah, half your fairies are rogues. Right, exactly, and even some that are in um, like more recent sets. So like this in um, 
historic could be really interesting. Um, not to mention uh, this with like changelings could be really interesting mm-hmm. um, because now you can have like the one mana changeling, uh, whatever changeling outcast I think it is um, that can't be blocked. So then you just attack with it, and then you swoop, swoop. Okay, put your thing in play. Cool. Yeah, I'm just imagining the very real possibility of turn one, thought sees you. Turn two, bitter blossom. Turn three, make a token. Counter your Karn. Untap. Attack you with a token. Put this into play. Get your Karn. Eat your land. Go. Good luck. Yes, I'm in. Sign me up. Where do I got it? Where do I sign? I'm in like, on that all day because I don't like playing against that. Car- Any Karn decks with fairies is awful. Like the fact that. <laughs> one of the three decks that I currently own is Mono Green Tron. And I'm seeing all these cards in this set that can do nasty things to Tron. It makes me sad that I might not be able to play it as much, but it makes me very happy that I might get to play some new fun stuff. That's totally reasonable. Totally reasonable. But yeah, that's the that was the other big one that I saw um, in terms of individual cards. That, but I just think it's really interesting because it's very sim- It reminds me of um, the one ninja that was printed in modern horizons that's the five four that when it comes into play you uh can like look at the top two oh. cards of opponent's library and then you can put them into play yeah it's when you deal when it a ninja i think deals combat damage or it might just be it um you exile the top two cards of the library and you can pay, play them without paying mana cost right so it's it, and it's and it's the same ninjutsu or rogue jitsu uh cost it's the two blue black and return an unblocked creature or rogue in this case but it's very similar and it so like i i think the other one's better to some degree because it's also a five four which helps to close the game out a little Mm. bit more and this one they have to have something in their graveyard to make it worthwhile Mm. um but i mean whatever whatever i think they're for for standard or pioneer uh i think that this could be really really strong though Something that's exciting me going back to talking about decks we you know used to play or mm-hmm. old decks. Okay, so going back to the old uh, standard decks or old decks we used to play, my first standard deck I built that was actually any good, not counting the really bad ones I brewed, uh, was the Red Green Landfall. And there's so far some cards that looks like it might happen again because there's the, the Brushfire Elemental, Red and a green, it's a 1-1, gets plus 2, plus 2 with landfall. And then a Coombe Hellhound, 0-1 for one red, that gets plus 2, plus 2 with landfall. So if they print a couple more of those and cheap ways to play extra lands, because the big problem is when that was around uh, during the second Zendikar set, or second Zendikar block, you had the fetch lands, which was obviously great. But also those creatures, and I'm thinking about it, those ones only got plus one, plus one. Mm-hmm. These guys are getting plus two, plus two. So, you know, if you're able to get some more pump spells, if you're able to play a cheap land, extra land to pump them even more, and, they, and they'd have to print at least one or two more of these landfall get a pump guys. I think that would be a big help. And another thing I think will help with this is the modal cards the ones that are like a spell on the front side and a land on the back side because you can play less lands. 
know, you can get away with playing like 15 lands in your deck. And then, you know, another five or six of those. So long as you don't get it duressed out of your hand, because then you're kind of a yeah. little bit... That's, that's my favorite part about this set. You can duress land drops. That's yeah, great. right? That's yeah. kind of nice. So, I mean, like, that part sucks, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I agree. I think there's a lot of different uh, landfall effects. Uh, and, I mean, already in Standard, people were playing um, Cultivate. Yeah. Right? So, and, I mean, like, and you'll have, like, Fabled Passage. You still yeah, there's have still fetch. You still have Euro. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I don't know if people forgot about that one or not. Well, this, I mean, this deck, I think, would have to just stay red-green. Like, I think it's... So, the other one, it was hyper-aggressive, super narrow. Um, Makes sense. You know, you couldn't splash a third color, and this is when you had fetches that let you fetch uh, dual lands. So, what if you played the uh, Dryad of the Elysian Grove? And, you got to remind me which one that is. Uh, three mana, two four. Um, there's also, I mean, there's also Azusa in standard right now. But yeah, uh, you can play Azusa. The Dryad makes all your lands tap for any color. So you could play uh, Azusa. You could play the Dryad just as kind of your your setup, and then you can just go off and you can still play Euro all you want. Which because I think when when it comes to that, like you may have this like you're talking about that red green kind of like straight into the point, like here's what we're doing kind of game plan. But the issue is if that kind of gets interrupted, you're kind of like, uh, okay, well now I don't know what to do. So if you just have this six, six that comes in and just kind of like bashes away now, even if they get rid of like ETB effects, okay, just get it out eventually and then start attacking with it. And now they're, you know what I mean? You're at least getting yeah. a six, six that you're gaining life with. Now, the thing that really helped that deck, too, was the ecosystem it was in. Because that was when everybody was playing, like, four-color decks that weren't doing anything and doing anything until turn three or four. Mm-hmm. You know, it was at the end of the con standard where it was just Siege Rhinos all over the place. And it's like, well, I'm just going to kill you before you play your Siege Rhino. Yeah, my first removal spell is a Crackling Doom on turn three. I'm already dead. Yeah. And then the other, and then it was also when the, like, four color like rally decks or you know stuff like that was being played so and, a deck and like those that, decks a didn't deck... do anything until like turn five right yeah no the rally decks they had because they had to wait till they get enough stuff in the graveyard but even yeah. like you're talking about which would be kind of really funny and it kind of stems off of what i had mentioned in our chat earlier today is even in a, the landfall deck that you're kind of describing in the current format you could play the land destruction card yeah. Uh, the one in a red and just hit your own stuff just to get another trigger and then draw a card, which is kind of crazy. Um, so yeah. then, so like, cause then you could play your land, tap that land for a mana, tap another land, cast the land destruction on one of the tap lands, get another land, put, you know what I mean? Like, Oh God, I'm just envisioning a turn three where I have like turn one, like the one, the one drop dude, turn two, the two drop dude, turn three, uh, blow up my own land, or like play my third land, blow up a land, draw a card, blow up another land. Or wait, does it enter the battlefield tapped? No. Off of. Uh... No, it do not. Yeah, it does. Does it? Am I yeah, thinking of a different thing? Oh, I'm thinking of a different land. card. Yeah. 
destroy target land. Yeah. Library for a basic land, put it on a battlefield cap. Well, still, two, I mean, two land drops. Okay, fine. I'm only hitting for 10. But you have Lotus Cobra. So you play Lotus Cobra. And so you play the land, you get a trigger. Yeah. You play the, yeah, that's, that's yeah, I think that, I think that goes in the deck too. I think Lotus Cobra probably goes in that deck. I, I think it has to at that point. And then if that's the case, that's when you can still play Euro because now all you got to do is have that out and play a land and you get your. Yeah, um, hey, you just really want this deck to play Euro. Matt wants everything to play Euro. Like Euro's a dumb magic card. I, I don't want to play it in Grixis. That's a little weird. That's but... a lie. If you can get the mana no, to work, you 100 would play it. I would play it. I I don't know if I want to play it. Two different things, but no. But Euro is just a dumb card, and it it part of the effect of Euro is putting extra lands into play. So that that's more than anything the reason that I think that it would be good in a landfall deck because you can get turn after turn have the ability to play an extra land each turn, which is really, really important. Well, you guys have been talking about the landfall deck. And the most important thing to have for a deck like that is to have lands, right? I what, do you guys, right here. what are your guys' thoughts on the new dual lands? The front back pick a color dual I like I think they're interesting I, I, I think it's an interesting like design space that could be cool uh, this is one I wanted to talk about too. I agree yeah. I think it's, it's definitely it's definitely different for sure but I think it's cool um, in a lot of different settings because I think that you know um, it, they come to play on tap which is huge um, and it is it's kind of like mana fixing to some degree because you get to choose which one you want it to be mm -hmm. um so like you may have a, a hand that's like so you're playing an is it deck and you're you have like a double mountain hand and then one of those like the blue red land well okay so maybe you can keep that hand because mm -hmm. you can go like turn one play the the flip land thing um on blue and like opt into your net you know what i mean opt into more blue land then at that point so it's it i i really think it's really really interesting to be honest yeah i think i think that they're like the perfect amount of mana fixing for a standard format that they want to keep two colors oh yeah because like yeah if you play shock lands like yeah you can have for sure decent mana in your two color deck but shock lands make the three color deck mana better than your two color mana deck somehow so you can do like you can play temples but then everybody's just splashing temples I actually really like the way that they did these because one, they're less restrictive than even the check lands were because always will come in untapped. You just play them. You just play them. Mm -hmm. um, but these also give you a option of splashing any color in your monocolored deck with less restricted um, like mana bases. Agreed. And I think what's really interesting is there's a lot of times where you play like a like a monocolored deck that splashes one other color and it's just for sideboard cards. Mm -hmm. So you can you could do that potentially and have, you know, like like play four temples, four of these. Yeah. yeah. And you're good to go. And you can you can have like literal almost you'd almost be able to have double colored, you know, double other colored spells in your in your deck somewhere. Potentially, mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Depending on how much card draw and whatnot you have to be able to get to them, but yeah, yeah, you can run up to thirteen off-color sources 
in this standard format with only one off-color basic in your deck. Because you can play four Fabled Passage, four Temples, four Duels, and one basic. That's a lot. And it is a lot. Like, so that, that is more than me, a lot of standard formats have had for two colors. I mean, I'll, I'll build a sketchy mana base all day to be able to splash, but that that's not even sketchy. Like, that's almost like, okay, well, what else can I do then? The, my thought process. <laughs> like, <laughs> at that point, it doesn't have to be a splash. Like, that's, 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 a two -color that's deck. half your mana base. Right. That's you're, a two color yeah, deck. You're, you're just a two color deck at that point. Yeah. yeah. Like, you can get away with playing your, your triple red spell but still splash green in your sideboard or in your main deck and not really change your mana base that much. Yeah. I actually but, really like these lands. The shots, the shots rotate out, right? Yeah, the, the shots card. rotate. Temples are still in, I believe. Yeah, temples are still yeah. in. Fabled Passage is still in. And then you have these. Um, and then I believe there's some of the like tap gain of life lands that are still in the format. Probably. Um, the yeah. other thing that I think kind of along the same lines that I want to – talk about real quick just because i find it to be kind of interesting i don't know how they'll be but uh they have these t these double-sided lands right that we just mentioned uh where you can you when it comes into play you choose what, what side you want and then it either is going to tap for this color or tap for that color well and they come into play untapped they're also they've been previewing some spells that also have that same ability um for up up the um, rarity ladder. I've seen some that are uncommon. I've seen some that are mythic. Uh, I don't believe there's any common ones, um, at least that I've seen yet. Uh, but basically, these are things that they're they're like a spell. Um, so I believe I've seen one that's a creature, which was like a it's a green one. It's the let me see here. It's a mana dork on the front and a land on the back. Yes, it's the the yeah. tangled floor he ta tangled florahedron, uh, one and a green for a one one, uh, tapped at a green, and then the other side is tangled veil, and that enters the battlefield tapped and it's just tapped at a green. Um, but I think that these are really interesting too. I'm I'm really super excited to see what the blue one ends up being if they make a a rare or mythic there's, version of that. There's one blue one. So that, so. There's blue one and it's a it's a wizard. It's a four three for five. Whenever you cast an instant sorcery or wizard spell, it gets flying till end of turn. Right. Yeah. yeah that's I, the one at uncommon. That okay. So yeah, I, I really want to see what a what a rare mythic blue one will be because this uh Ameria's call, which is the white one, which on the front side is four white, 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 uh for a sorcery. Create two four four white angel warrior creature tokens with flying non angel creatures non angel creature tokens you control get indestructible until your next turn, which is whatever. That I don't think that matters. But the fact of the matter is that the uh, the land side says as Amiria shattered skyclave, which is the name of the land side, enters the battlefield. You may pay three life. If you don't, it enters the battlefield tapped. So now the control decks that are the white based control decks can play this, which can literally just be a land, or if, they, if they're if they at that point in the game, it's their win count. Mm -hmm. um, which you can me, straight up play like two or three of these as your main win conditions. Have you, you could literally just play four if you want to, because it's not even, it's it's Amiria Shattered Skyclades, but it's not legendary, which I don't understand. Okay, it's shattered into a couple pieces, okay? <laughs> like, I don't understand how that works, because it has a name, but 
the fact of the matter is that you could just play four of these if you want to, because I mean, worst case scenario, it's, an, it's just another land, but you play probably 27 lands. So mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if it's coming to play tapped. You're going to have infinite other ones that are going to come to play untapped if you want. Um, yeah, you play the one that you has in your opening hand on turn one, and then right, exactly. Turn twelve when you draw the third one, that's it, the one you kill them with. It's so crazy to me. I think I think that card's really really good. Um, and like even the front half uh, is on rate too, because that's just oh, yeah. the same as hardcast entreat for two. Right, exactly. And I have killed people with hardcast entreat for two. Trust me. Yeah, and it's, it is I a mean, hell of a clock. <laughs> it's, it's pretty good, pretty good. So yeah, I just think that I I want to see what the blue one is. It should be interesting if if it's anything like this one is in white. It'll be interesting to see what that one is in blue. Um, but yeah, I just think these flip cards are really, really, really cool. I like the concept of them where it can be either or. It's not it's not like Delver Secrets where it flips if X happens. It's you get to pick now. Um, that you know what what occurs and how it how it kind of plays out it's a little bit more i don't know if you guys remember this but like choose your own adventure books where like if you want an x to happen then you turn to page this it kind of makes me think a little bit more of that because you're getting to pick how things are going to proceed by what side of the the card you're using i used to always cheat with those books i'd go backwards <laughs> that's fair that's reasonable <laughs> I, those are the only. Like, books I don't that like I that ending. Let's go back a couple. <laughs> right. Well, those are the only books that I liked. I hated reading growing up, and that's probably why I can't read now. But the fact of the matter is that, yeah, I those are the only books I actually enjoyed because I got to pick what happened, more or less. But yeah, so I I just think these flip cards that are spells and lands are really really uh, intriguing as to what they're gonna be doing, um, as well as the lands. I think like like you said, Ian. I think the lands are really good. And like I, I wish that there was at least one where it started as a land and there was a spell on the back. But for like reasons of duress and stuff like that, if you could, if you couldn't duress Amiria's call out of your opponent's hand, it'd be a real feel bad. But if you're holding an Amiria's call and they can't duress it out of your hand, it's a real feel good. So it goes <laughs> both ways. Um, did you guys see the? card that I'm excited to play in Vintage. Roiling Vortex. Yeah, Roiling Vortex. One in a red for an enchantment. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, Roiling Vortex deals one damage to them. So it's a mini um, or not Cyclonic Rift. Sulfuric Vortex. I don't know why I'm thinking that. Uh, You can also pay a red and your opponents can't gain life this turn. It also has the added upside of whenever a player casts a spell, if no mana was spent to cast it, they can, then Roiling Vortex deals five damage to that player. Nice Moxin, nice yeah. Force of Wills. Nice. <laughs> yeah, you go turn one, land Mox this. Pass. Your opponent's looking at their hand of... Oh, mox, let's see. Mox. mox, Mox, Black Lotus, Jace the Mind Sculptor. It's just like, oh, yeah, this hand was busted for a second. Do I want to go to five? And then or your opponent probably goes to five anyway, but but this the potential for this card I think is actually really strong in either in vintage or even in legacy. Yeah, I think I was gonna say legacy too, because with Delver being such a big deck, you have so many force of, force of X being yeah. played 
You have um, eight forces. You have four dazes. You have Dreadhorde yeah. Arcanist. That's a lot of cards. Like, th this is definitely a card that in the right meta could see sideboard play. And I think the right meta is right now for it Probably. because of Delver. Yeah, I think the card's very strong. I'm super excited for it. Um, oh, and if you cast if your opponent cast show and tell and puts an omniscience, this kills them usually. Just also fun. Yeah. It should. Yeah. <laughs> um now that one's dope. You were talking about legacy and stuff. Uh Skyclave apparition as well. One double white, two two. When it enters, um, you exile up to one target non-land, non-token permanent you don't control with Converter Mana cost four or less. And then when it leaves the battlefield, that exile card's owner creates an XX blue illusion creature token where X is the converted mana cost of the exile card. So you get to Oko, or you get to Elk Oko. As though, it should be. Yeah, except it's not Elking. So you get to illusion Oko after it's Elked things. So... I think that's going to be pretty cool. Um, Another big part with the same card is that it's it's two triggers, which is a very mm -hmm. important factor. Yeah. Yep. Because it's not it's not like the um, kite sail freebooter type thing, or uh, deputy detention. It's more like tight hive scholar, mm -hmm. which is really important. And yeah, like if you I have think, if you have a way ahead. to bounce it back to your hand, right? Like, right. Play this target that, trigger in the stack, I'm going to bounce this back to my hand. Now your thing, well, there was nothing exiled. You don't get a creature. Uh, by the way, exile your Oko. Man, we'll if only death and taxes had ways to blink things. Like, another thing that costs three mana. Hmm. <laughs> and starts with F and ends with Liquor Wisp. Which sounded a lot dirtier. Than <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Maybe we can um, that. I think, I think this could be pretty cool. I agree. I saw this and I was like, "Ooh!" Because I have Death and Taxes built, so that's why I was like, "Hmm." What's? I just bought um, sign stone forges, so nice. Those are going to be in. There but was... I think this would be interesting. And then also, if you're doing a um, Eldrazi Taxes and Modern, it's usually played more. Just being able to blink thing, this thing up like two times in a turn could be absolutely insane. Yeah. So well, even in modern, you can even play it in like the blue white spirits deck because mm -hmm. a lot of the time, the way that people will get under your tempo plan is they'll cast a threat, you spell queller it, and then now you don't have spell queller mana up, so they're just like, oh sweet, I'll slam the actual card I wanted to play, and now I actually have like a blocker for your big threat. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. And then you just play this on the next turn, get rid of the thing, and kill them. Yeah, I I think it's, I think it's a cool card. I I'm again definitely interested in it. I'm gonna be trying to pick up the um, the death and taxes, at least legacy stuff again. Um, that, but I think it's it's definitely something I I hope to see get played in some capacity. You know, like we could sit here and talk about any of these cards. Um, but I hope it is good enough to push through and actually see some play show up on some lists and whatnot. So, yeah, there's there's only two other cards that I really saw that, and they're just kind of honorable mention ish type cards. Uh, 
kind of going along what you're talking about, you said you, you, what made me think of it, Dom, is you said that you got uh, the Stoneforge Mystics, which Mm -hmm. Stoneforge Mystic comes with equipment. Well, this, this one that I think is really interesting is this Mall of the Skyclaves. Um, It's two and a white for an artifact equipment. Um, It says, when Mall of the Skyclaves enters the battlefield, attach it to target creature you control. So, if you have the Stoneforge out and you attack with something, you can then activate the Stoneforge, put this into play, and put this on to the, uh, the creature that's attacking if you want, which is cool in and of itself. Uh, what what it does for the creature, we haven't got to that part yet, um, I think is worth more than the three mana for it, and it's equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and has flying and first strike. There's been enchantments in the past where it gives the same buffs, but only one of those ability at three mana. So it is a bit under-costed, that's for sure. The hard part about it is the other equip cost is four, but if you're able to get in like a swing with, you know, like a flicker wisp or something of the sort with this attached to it, um, that's five in the air. That's that's a lot. Or you put it, or you put it on a batter skull that was already in. You know what I mean? On a germ token that was already in. Like that's big too. Um, so it it makes for big swings if if used that way. It's and it, and it may be not good enough. But I think it's at least it's interesting to me just because of the the amount of stats that it gives. Mm-hmm. Um, the one other card is a gold card, and actually I I learned that this is one that uh, Kazu Negri uh, helped to make with Wizards, um, which is kind of funny because the the name of it is Kaza. Interesting there, um, not Kazu but close. Uh, it's Kaza Royal Chaser. Um, and it's blue, blue, red for a one, two legendary creature, human wizard with flying and haste. You can tap it. And the next instant or sorcery spell you cast this turn costs X less to cast where X is the number of wizards you control as this ability results. So there was already kind of like a little, like there's a lot of those wizards that are available, especially if you're like playing a deck that's like heavy on like the wizard's lightning or wizard's retort um like that mono blue list had a lot of wizards in it already um so this could be really something that's kind of interesting if you go into the red and what you could do is if you're playing like the blue red double-sided lands you could do this in like pioneer and it could be really really gross um if you're able to cast some like big huge instant sorceries that's costing some damage uh, or that's yeah because i think you can get some big like you know, fireball-esque type spells off with this, which could be really interesting. But, uh, yeah, this is the only other one that I really, that stood out to me. But um, th- those two, I just think, are just kind of interesting. Uh, one thing I definitely want to touch on before we go off of this, though, because we haven't mentioned any of the cards that have it on it, but there's a new mechanic coming in this set called Party. Um, and it's basically everything you would ever think about a D&D party. You have a wizard, you have a rogue, you have a cleric, you have a warrior. Uh, the only thing you don't really have is a druid, and that made me a little sad because I wanted the whole party. But there's a lot of cards that get benefits from the more different creatures you have in your party because everybody knows when you're going on an adventure, you got to have a bunch of friends. 
Otherwise, you're screwed as soon as you have anything happen. And don't split the party. And don't split the party. That's, yeah. Although some of the most fun times come when you do split the party against your better judgment. <laughs> the one thing that I learned today, because I was reading some of the, the, the notes, I didn't realize that a single creature can't count for multiple. Yeah, the way that the way that it is worded, your party consists of up to one each of a cleric, rogue, warrior, wizard. But all the things that are relevant with it cost either cost one less for each creature in your party, not each type of creature. So they got around that with like changelings because there's some of these cards that would be absolutely busted if the changelings were able to work with it. Yeah, like changeling. Because then there's also some that are like, if you have a full party, which means you know, you have to have all four, mm -hmm. then some usually crazy stupid effect happens and your opponent probably dies. Yeah, like there's a one, a five mana, which can turn into a one mana destroy mm -hmm. creature or planeswalker for at instant speed. There's a five mana tutor, which can turn into a one mana tutor. Oh, and by the way, if you had a full party, you can cast a four drop for free afterwards. There's if there is either the right creatures for a party deck or even just the mana is good enough for the stuff in this set, I think that like a black white party deck will be actually very, very strong. I'm, I'm super down for it. I, I know there were some people talking about it before. Um, just the different cards. Like we could see a party deck in some capacity coming on you guys have spent some time talking about how good the mana looks at least uh, could definitely see it being multiple colors you know with the triumphs as well just in yeah. standard and then if you go to historic and pioneer and all that stuff so yeah having that um could really be something cool and um i know i'm glad we brought up the parties thing um i would like to talk about or just mention, I'm excited for Omnath. I like Omnath. They got a fourth color now. Uh, just waiting for the five color Omnath. Then we can play 20 Omnaths or whatever in uh, Modern or something. So I'll be messing around with that. Had to mention it. Oh, we'll be chatting about some decks. Oh, there, absolutely. Um, but I think I know we're kind of into this episode a bit. We've really just been talking about Zendikar Rising. Something to look that they've mentioned as well. They're coming out with a Dungeons and Dragons Adventures into the Forgotten Realms set in July. So people are thinking that the party system could get expanded and there's going to be more cards that deal with the party system. So in, they're, instead of a um, core set in July, that's what they're releasing. So they're actually doing a crossover with Dungeons and Dragons since Wizards own both. So I think that's some that's really something cool that um, to look forward to. Yes, it's next year, you know, but they they laid out this whole plan. But I think something for, for sure is going to come from that. So and I, I could see this party system being a lot of fun. It looks cool, and like like we talked about too. Not all the cards are out yet. We're only about what halfway, I think, um, on the spoilers, if that. Uh, we have 149 yeah. out of 280. Yeah, so we're half, a little over halfway, and I, you know, I'm always down to do. When you play, enter one thing, you play something. There's a bunch of actions to do. I want to play the deck like that. So, 
So Dom, here here's a card for you that I think will go right along that same same thing because it's also based upon the graveyard. Um, it's the it's four black black for a sorcery mm-hmm. called Thwart the Grave. Um, it's it costs one less to cast for each creature in your party. Return one target creature card and up to one target cleric, rogue, warrior, or wizard creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So it's just it could literally just be two mana mm-hmm. reanimate two things, which seems really strong to me. Uh, if you're able, because like I think one of them is uh, there's a creature. I'm not sure what it is. It's got to be a rogue or one of the types because it's uh i believe it was when it enters the battlefield you drain your opponent for the number of creatures in your party it's like a two man um, rogue i think yeah it's uh, like no, a two one rogue so vampire Cleric. okay so sure either way the fact is you can then get another you can get a creature and bring another one of those back so now you can drain somebody for like twice that i guess if you wanted to right so you could get two of them technically back which is kind of crazy um, but I think that that's, that's a really strong card as well to go along mm-hmm. with them. Right. It definitely, I think something like that is going to be sweet. Um, looking at historic, that could be ridiculous. Cause like blood artist and whatnot is in historic as well. Um, so stuff like that could be real cool. So I'm, I'm definitely curious, but we will see. So that's where I'm no, at. No, that I, I'm I'm excited to see some of that. Um, just for for upcoming episodes, I think uh, we'll probably touch on some more of the um, the announcement that they made within this past week about next year's schedule and what's going to be coming out. We kind of touched on the Dungeons and Dragons set, uh, but they announced like four or five different sets that are be coming out in the next year. So that's a lot. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot. To talk that's about. A, yeah, that's a lot oh, to unpack there. So we'll. we'll <laughs> we'll let we'll let that uh be a a whole other discussion because that could be for sure um but in any case uh from us here at the pregame effect uh thank you for stopping by and giving us the pleasure of your time uh we will be back in your ears in about two weeks uh so you all have a good one see ya bye everybody mm-hmm.